I see you, yeah you, flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases, or one-size-fits-all quick fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. It is time for the next episode of In the Red. You're here. I'm here. My name is Anthony Hart, and you know who you are, I hope. So it's time. Let's go. Are you ready? But before we get started, I do have to put the pre-information out. I have to get these taglines, all the things that have to be said prior to. We get the business out of the way before we get to conversing and talking today. Please, please, please take a moment and follow this podcast. Download this podcast and review this podcast. I know I'm going to say this every week and it's going to get tiring. So you're probably just going to skip ahead the 10 to 15 seconds every week as we talk about this. But I hope you don't. I hope you take a moment as you follow this. You're like, well, I don't really need to follow. I could just click on it, listen to it. But no, somewhere when you follow it, when you download it, whether you unfollow it and delete the download later, that's fine. But when you follow and you download, It puts some numbers, some value in somebody's bank of information somewhere that says, hey, this podcast is being utilized. It's important. And maybe other people would like it in these categories. So I encourage you as you do that, as you follow, as you download, it lets somebody somewhere know the importance of this podcast, what it's meant to you, and that maybe it could help somebody else. I also want to encourage you to review it. Leave a review. It doesn't take much. There's only a few lines. You don't have to write a paragraph, your life story, just a quick couple of words on how this podcast is impacting you. Or if there's some uh, feedback to help us get better, we want to do that. We want to connect with people and, and help you through life. I think that's what we're learning over and over. All of us need help. As a pastor, I learned that even for myself. I, I very often say I have not achieved or arrived to a place that I don't need help anymore. I am walking this journey along with everybody else. So I encourage you, follow, download, review. Let's get the word out there about the about in the red. Let's do this thing together. But today I want to talk to you about a word I've already said a couple of times. It's one that literally flows out of my mouth quite often. It is value. But I'm going to get into semantics today. I am a definition guy. I think Along the way, somebody took time and energy to pour into some of these definitions. And I always think it's really cool, like when I'm preparing for a sermon or if I'm talking to somebody and a word that I use often, and I just have never checked the the dictionary, the Merriam-Webster definition of this word. And when I actually look it up, it just almost leaps off the page at the thought I'm trying to get across, or it amplifies even more to me what that word means and how it is used so often and how it can be used. 
So when I begin to think about value, and it's something I talk about a lot because I think everybody needs to know their value. That's the statement that's come out of my mouth. I, I've preached it. Uh, I've said it in Zoom meetings with, with people. I've said it face-to-face conversations. You have to know your value. I think it's in the world we leave it, live in. You know, I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs now and understanding their value as they launch their business is important because if you don't know your value, then you are going to be assigned one by somebody. And whether you know it or not, if somebody doesn't know you or knows you, they have assigned you a value. Your time is valuable. If people talk to you, but talk very quickly to you, then they've assigned a value to you. Uh, I shared something on Facebook today that somebody said, if people, if the only thing that's valuable to somebody about you is your gift, then they're not worthy of your time. In other words, what they're saying is if this person only reaches out to you because of your gift, but never reaches out to you to check on you and see how you are, then they're not worthy of your time and energy and resources because they're only after what you can offer them and they could care less about you. Now, when I got into the definition of value, here's what I found. There was a word that was linked to it in several definitions, and it was this, relative. In other words, our value is often limited by relativity. So value is defined by this, a relative worth, utility, or importance. So relative means it's connected to something else. Yes, and all of you have relatives that you like to be linked to, and all of you have relatives that you uh, would rather not to be linked to, but they're relative. Nonetheless, you are connected to them. And this can happen in our value. Our value can become relative. It is linked to something. Uh, the service you provide is relative to the importance. If you have, I don't know, a lawn mowing business in the desert, your value of importance and need is going to be very relative and you're probably not going to do a lot of business. Uh, not many people need their cacti mode. Uh, if you um, have a, I don't know, snow cone business in Antarctica, probably not going to be flying off the shelves. These are all because of relative. And I think we get stuck with value is relative. So value is uh, relative worth, utility, or importance. There's another definition. Relative duration of a musical note. Another one is relative lightness or darkness in a picture. So the value of one half of the picture may be different than the other because of the lightness or darkness. See how we always come back to relativity. Relativity. And this is a word that is, I think, stuck in our mindset. It's stuck in a lot of things we do that truth is all relative. So in other words, the value of truth is relative, which as a pastor drives me bananas because realistically truth is not relative. Uh, my wife is reading a book now and I'm completely blank and I hate that I'm blank on it because it is really cool idea and I can't wait for her to get finished because I'm going to read it next. But it's about a man who is very scientific uh, and he was atheist, but he got into science and began to get more and more involved in it. And he actually connected with Christ on a scientific level. In other words, he understood God through science. He 
so many people try to separate the two and they try to make science is this and God's over here and they'll never jive. But realistically, if we understand that God created all of this, when it all works together, the beauty of science is that it requires faith. At no point did anybody that uh, tried to have a theory about something didn't have faith that it was true. They had to have some amount of faith, put time, energy, and money into pursuing it. So it's a lot like our, our Christian walk about our religious mindset is you have to have faith to pursue something that extends beyond our belief or our knowledge, and we continue to walk toward it. Now, the crazy thing about God that really trips us up is if we believe that God is this big being that created all of this earth, then he's always going to be just outside of our thinking. We're never going to be able to capacitate God, like put him in our little mind, even though we may be the smartest dude on earth. If we understand that God is this big God, then it's hard for us to rationalize that. It's hard for us ever to be able to make God relative because he is incomparable. And this is the hard part about religion. I know if you're not religious by any nature, I know this is where your hangup is, right? It's all relative. We want to make truth relative. Well, I'm different than you. So my truth is different. It's not. There are rights and wrongs. There are do's and don'ts. There are some gray areas in this world that we've made do or don'ts. There's some gray areas in the church world that we've made do or don't that I can't find anywhere in the Bible, but along the way, somebody said it's true, so it must be true, right? The problem with that is the so, as soon as we do that, then we make it relative. A lot of truths are relative to which denomination you believe in, because you could take a scripture and somebody else could take a scripture, and now you interpret it in a different way, and now we've made the Bible relative, relative to what you see, feel, or hear and not rational truth, not, you know what, there's something bigger than what I've been told or what I've been taught. There is actual truth. If we could even understand that, I think we'd have less problems with the church about all of us uh, being on different sides. And nobody realistically wants to join the church today that's seen, from an outside perspective that's seen the struggles that's in the church. Why? Because we're as broken and divided as anybody, right? We've all experienced it. Man, I was raised in a denomination where we thought we were the only ones going to heaven. And now as I've grown older and I've been able to walk across a wide spectrum of denominations, I've realized that is such a broken mentality. Now, I, I know I have people who are listening that are not going to agree with me, and that's okay. But I've experienced different perspectives. I've experienced people from different walks of life, different denominations. And what I've experienced is the same drive the same connection to God in all of them. So when it comes to relativity, this is my problem. So as as often I've said, we have to understand our value. You have to understand you have value. I say that to people all the time because we are a product, many of us, of brokenness, a product of mistakes in our life, a product of things that have been done to us. It is amazing the amount of people who have been hurt, broken, uh, or wounded by individuals today, and then, especially at such an early age, I am continually blown away by the problems we have in this world of um, sexual abuse of children. Um, if, if you've never heard of the Safe House Project, the Safe House Project is an amazing organization that is tackling sex um, slaves and trade of young men and women even children. And 
the problem that we have in this world that somebody is stripping people of their value, or in other words, assigning a value relative to what they need them for. This is the broken part of life is they now, because of what's been done to them, go through life with a value that's relative to what somebody assigned to them, what use they were to them. It's all relative, right? I I used in the title of this week's, I'm a huge play on words kind of guy. And if you have not watched the Broadway play Hamilton, then you must have lived in a cave or are just religiously arrived to a place where it does it uh, does not minister to you or whatever the cause may be. But over 2020, when the world shut down, Disney Plus got access. They paid millions upon millions of dollars to get the the recording of this play, this Broadway play. It was huge on Broadway, and now they brought it um, to Disney Plus. So. My family and I watched it and probably listened to the soundtrack far too often over the last two years. And it's all about our founding father, Alexander Hamilton, who starts out in the lowest of lows, um, really having the worst childhood possible. His father left him and his mother. His mother died at an early age. And Alexander Hamilton just had to work his way up from the bottom, was an immigrant immigrant coming into this country, got here, and was constantly defined by a need to be better. And the problem with this is, over the course of his life, we find him doing some amazing things, Yet he was always comparing himself to others, always wanting to move on to the next level because he always had somebody that he needed to be better. And he never found his own individual value apart from relativity. So I used the play on words this week as you're the worth, Burr. Uh, There's a line that's in in the play and it is you're the worst, Burr. I know if you haven't heard it, you don't get it. But I I had to fill you in on the joke. But I found this quite often, Alexander Hamilton, was just that relativity, the value, the constant need in his whole life to do things. And he always limited him, even to the moment he died. I believe he died with a lack of value. And we find that even after his death, his wife actually did things in his name because of how much he had meant to this world. But I don't think he ever realized his value while he was here. But I want to flip-flop the word today, and I'm going to change it. So value, I've used it a lot, but I think I'm going to use another word from now on. And it's one that I've already said in defining value. See, this is why I said semantics is where we're going to get stuck today. You can get stuck with this word or that word, and it semantically means the same thing. But when I looked at the definitions, although these words are used interchangeably to define one another, I think one of them has more value than the other. So value was a relative worth. There's the word worth. What is your worth? And now you're saying, well, it's already connected to value. So why do you have to define the two different ones? Worth is value. Value is worth, right? Potatoes, potatoes. You know what we're trying to say. Radiator, radiator, depending on where you're from. But here's what worth is defined as. I want you to hear these words because I think they are of importance. Worth, the value of something measured by its qualities or by the esteem in which it is held. 
I'm going to say that again. So if you're taking notes or you want to think back over this, I want you to think about some of these words. The value, there's that word. I know value defining worth, but it is the value of something measured. So there's a quantity, but it's measured by its qualities or by the esteem in which it is held. So there's two things that now I begin to think of when I think of worth. Worth is what I put into it as an individual. My The value that I have as far as worth requires me to do something. It requires me to put to to have a quality about myself. So if I have come from a mindset, if I come from a life where people have taken advantage of me, I've been broken and I have a limited view of my value based off what's been done to me, then my quality is decreased. And that's just where I think a lot of people have a limit on their life based on what people have done to them. And this is a hard place. I think it's defining people. I think because of what's been done to us, there's many people who are changing, complete, completely changing things about their life based off the people who have done things to them. Well, I don't want to be anything like that, so I'm not going to be like them. And that's not being somebody is just as broken as becoming somebody. Both of these are equally as broken of an identity because you have zero idea who you are. You're just trying not to be somebody else or you're becoming somebody else. But your individuality is gone. Or we've been pushed to a mindset where whatever uh, information we get, wherever we get our information drives us to think a certain way. And you can be anything and everything today. You could be an animal if you want, although you're not. It is not biologically possible that you're a cat or a dog or an alligator or a penguin or a fuzzy koala, but you can identify as that, which is ridiculous to me because that becomes a relative value based on what you are trying to be like. But it's not your physical qualities. It's not um, the measure of your quality. It's not your worth. Yet we've created this place that because of a lack of value, that because of the relative nature of it, we are constantly chasing who we are or who we're not. Therefore, we never arrived at a place of worth. Because the second part of worth is or the esteem in which it is held. In other words, if we can't hold ourselves in esteem, self-esteem being exactly that, this is the beginning of all of this. If we have no self-esteem, and this is the struggle with so many people, if we don't hold ourselves in esteem, if we don't understand our worth, then we live in a mindset, we live in a place, a posture where we're constantly allowing everyone around us to define our worth to push us in different directions. When something happens to us, we'll we'll say, well, that person did this. And then somebody comes along and said, that person did this, but you don't have to do that. You can be this. Just run away from that as far as possible. Don't address it. Don't overcome it. Just get away from it. So then your worth is not realistically founded in anything other than I just want to distance myself from this. I think because maybe people often don't have, um, 
a husband or excuse me, a father or a mother in their life, there is a separation anxiety that occurs. There's a brokenness in having a different perspective than in their life. My wife and I have very different perspectives when it comes to parenting our kids. But one thing we don't do is do it separately. We've realized the value of both of ours relative to each other. And this is a relative part. And I'm like, I, this is where I bounce back and forth a little bit. But her and I are relative to each other. Why? Because we're different. So when we connect, we realize that the relative value of each of us contributes to our worth. Because if you only get one of us, then you're missing a fresh perspective, a different thought process. And I think this is why when we connect with people just like us, then it decreases our worth because they're only getting one aspect. We're all different. Yet we're all, whether we know it or not, lining up to be just like somebody else. And it's not defined by, by our gender. We are a gender, and we can talk about this all day long, and people will go one way or the other, but realistically, are we making the decision? Are we even being questioning those because we feel a certain way or because we've been told we can feel a certain way? Are we doing it and questioning it because um, this is just where we've arrived or are we doing it because of what's been done to us? We don't stop and ask these questions. We just get to a place. And in the world we live at today, everything's relative. The truth is relative. Who you want to be is relative to your state of mind, your feelings, your emotions, how you arrived at this place. And we never really go back and say, who was I before this was done to me? Because that's what really matters. And I, I, I'm going to give you this from a pastoral perspective today. This is where I have to come back to this. And I know, I, I know he's going to bring God into this. And that's what he always does. But I have to because this is what I believe in. But I, I never want to put it in a place that when you walk away, that you feel like I'm just trying to shove this down your throat. That if you don't believe this, then you are just broken less than get away. You have no worth. That's what I don't want you to feel. I don't want you to feel like the moment you walk away here, like I've put you back in another place where I've removed your worth. Because what I'm trying to do today is exactly that. Give you worth where you have missed it. Because I think this is the most important thing of our humanity is to understand our worthiness of our humanity is not by the rest of humanity. Why? Because we are broken and we see it through a different filter. We um, address somebody else's worth in comparison to ours. And if we don't understand our worth in the beginning, then we can never understand the worth of others. So we assign people value based relative to what we see in ourselves. But if we don't see the true worth of who we've been made to be, then we'll constantly sell people short. I see this often and it's going to be, you're going to be like, oh, you're thinking of all the places I could imagine that we would see this. I'm going to give you the most simplistic place that I find a lack of value for other people, not from me, but I see people like expressing this all day long, like in this space. Now your mind's wondering, right, where is he going to go in the church? Is it in sports? Is it in finance? No, it's in the parking lot of my kids' schools. Oh, my Lord, if you don't have kids and you've never experienced the parking lot experience, get ready. As your kids get older and you have to take them to school, 
man, it is a free for all. My least favorite of all is the middle school that my daughter is now at, Tim. There's a turn lane to have to turn into. And there's one turn lane. You have to, from a little ways back, get in the turn lane. And it causes a backup. But it's a it's a turn right. So you have to get into the right lane to turn. And it never fails. I will get in the turn lane and I'll wait my turn. And it's the silliest red light because you can't turn right on red. So you're just stuck there. But you get up to the front and you're the next car. And somebody in the straight lane right next to me that's supposed to go straight, they're not in the turn lane, suddenly puts their time as more valuable than mine. Their energy, their resources, their gas is more valuable than mine, no matter where I've whether I've done what's supposed to happen. I've set in the line that I'm supposed to be in. I've mined the rules and I haven't turned on right. Like I've done everything I'm supposed to do. But in that time, all rules go out the window. Why? Not because there's an apocalypse, not because there's a missile chasing them down. No, because they feel like they should not have to wait like everybody else. And then they just turn into the parking lot, cutting me off. And my favorite part of all of this is when they cut me off, they give me a glare back and hold their hands up like I'm the one that's messed up because I'm trying to move forward in the traffic pattern assigned. And they've completely gone against all of that and said, my time's important, but they're going to give me attitude. Like they look back with a glare like, yeah, what, how dare you? How dare you follow the rules and do that? Or even worse, you get in the parking lot. You'd think that's the worst of the worst. Then you get in the parking lot and people just park wherever they want. There is a sign, there is a parking lot with lines that have been beautifully painted. But in the afternoons, when you're going to pick up, people will just park. Why? Because their time is more valuable, their energy, all the things. How dare they get stuck in a parking spot if somebody's driving through? So they just, instead of pulling into a spot, they'll just pull adjacent to like three of them and cut them all off or they'll let you park first. They'll be real respectful, let you park and then just pull in behind you. So then you're stuck until their kid gets there. I'm telling you, this parking lot is the wasteland. It is what's going to happen if there's ever a nuclear Holocaust, this is what it's wanting to look like. If you want to get a visual of the world coming to an end, go check out a middle school parking lot on any random day, and it is a debacle. But this is the problem with society. Go to your go to your store, in traffic, even in your home. Everybody wants to put their value over you, over the person next to them. My time, you know how much I paid for gas. Yes, I do, because I paid the same for gas. Unless you were an idiot and put ultimate gas in yours and put the whatever the highest rating gas is, I didn't do that. Now, I have diesel, so I'm probably paying more than most of you anyways but I don't have the diesel truck. I have a diesel Volkswagen, so I get 500 miles to my tank. So while I'm paying more, I'm probably paying about the same as you. But in the, what I'm saying is I pay probably more than most of you unless you live in California or wherever it may be. But that's not what I'm trying to get to today. What I'm trying to say is I'm going to take you back to the creator. And I know, stick with me, please stick with me. I just encourage you to listen to me talk. Even if you don't really kind of agree and you're like, mm, I'm not a religious person. Um, I don't say God. I don't want to, I don't want to pigeonhole myself and just put myself in a space where God is right. So I'm going to say the universe. 
you know what? The universe doesn't care about you. The universe has been created. The universe is a thing. The universe could care less about you because the universe has as much connection to you as it does with everybody else in the world. So it could care less if you get something that you wanted and just the rest of the world around you doesn't get it. Like that's a broken mentality. That's, that's somebody saying they want to believe in something bigger, just not having the testicular fortitude to say God. Like just the universe, just say God and say you don't understand it and say you want to understand it because when you start to believe in this God or at least give him a chance, I believe he'll meet you somewhere in the middle. But I want to get to this because this is where I want to get you to a place of worth. Your worth is by the esteem in which you are held. So for me as a pastor, I've realized that a lot of people in church, when you're this person that's coming in for the first time and you got some stuff wrong in your life and all of that, you walk in and the church would deem you worthless. Why? Because you're broken, because you're a sinner and you need to fix your ways. If you're ever going to be loved by Jesus and if you're ever going to go to heaven, you better change your ways, sinner. You walk in, the moment you walk in, people are looking at you as worthless until you walk up to that altar and you repent and you give your life to the Lord. Instantly, you've been given worth. Nope, that's not how it works. And if you're that Christian today, I'm praying for you because you're the reason that this thing is broke. You're the reason that people can't find worth in their life and have been assigned a relative value based off your standing and the way you act and the way you've received your Christianity. But realistically, if you want to get down to it, you're just as broke as the rest of them because you didn't receive what Jesus trying to get in you all along. And if you go look at a lot of his sermons, he was probably preaching at the way you act. I want to get us to a place where we realize the worth that we were created with. Psalms 139 talks about God. He knew me as he knit me in my mother's womb. This is the very beginning before you're ever even born. Now, I'm not going to get into the abortion conversation, but I believe in a creator that if we had purpose as we were being knit, not how we were put there, but that the purpose that we could be used in this place. So before we were ever sinners, before we ever made mistakes, before we got to the age where we begin to do things that are wrong, we had value. Why? Because we were held in such esteem. There was a purpose we were created with. So then in the broken mindset that we have, that first breath we take and we begin to do this life. And then you started, I don't know, shoplifting at an early age at the corner store. Um, you slept around with some people before you got married when you were a kid, probably a little too young. You're smoking behind the school. Whatever the thing is that you've done, whatever the mindset or stuff you've done, now we see that as removing your worth, your the esteem which you're inhaled. Why is that? Because we as people don't hold you in the same esteem. This is the messed up part of it is where we begin to make God embodied by us, like what we think about somebody. And well, the Bible says this, so now this is a measuring tool, and if you're not this, you're not valuable. You have no worth. But this is not true. Because Romans 5, 8 says this, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. 
In other words, he held us even in the most broken state of our being before. And this is before any of us that are listening today was ever born. So before we were born, before we made our mistakes, he knew what we we're going to do. And he said, you know what? I feel like they're worthy to die for. I know their worth. I'm going to hold them in such esteem that I'm going to pay this price for them. So now when we see it through this lens, we realize our worth is not defined by the mistakes we made. It's not defined by what we've done. It's held or it's it's defined by the one we're held by. As long as our worth is in the hands of people, doesn't matter if they're even close to us. I, I, I love my wife and we have a great marriage, but I could do something wrong tomorrow. And in her eyes, my worth could be diminished. But God, who created me, who loved me so much before I made that mistake, whatever it may be, I hope I don't make this mistake, but I'm just for the, the sake of conversation. He knew me and he loved me and he held me in high esteem, not because of what I would do, but because of who he created. This is why I want everybody on the other end of this microphone today to know. Wherever you're sitting, wherever you're listening, I want you to know that you are worthy. You have worth because you are held in esteem by the one who holds it all. I hope to have my wife on here one day soon, really. I want her to give her uh, story. You know, this is a woman who was held to a value and a worth by a lot of people because she was a pastor, she was a mother, and she was a wife. And on Facebook, man, everything looked good. Her worth was so high because of all the things and all the beautiful smiling pictures. But inside, her worth was diminished by this broken voice in her head that kept selling her short, telling you're not doing this good enough. You're not doing that good enough. Your measurable qualities are less than everybody thinks. So you're suffering and your worth is horrible. And it pushed her to a place where even I didn't see it. She almost took her life. It was in that place with a razor where her relative value based off what she saw was down to nothing. She said, this world would be better off without me. I'm tired of being an emotional and mental drain on my husband. I'm tired of being uh, a mother that our kids never get to do anything because I never want to do anything. And I'm just stuck in this place of being uh, disappointed with myself and just constantly just stuck and never want to being a part. I don't deserve anything good or all that. So my family's suffering. So they'll be better off without me. Their worth would go up the moment that I am taken away from the equation. See, I'm thankful today that I get to have this conversation with her on the other end of that. She didn't make that decision that day, although she tried. Razor in hand, she said, God, if you're there, let me know. If you see me, let me know. And she said in that moment, she felt in the most real way possible, these physical arms wrapping. She felt a warmth, just a wrapping around of her that caught her off guard, that let her know you're bigger than what you see. 
You're bigger than what this voice in your head has been telling you. See, what she found was her worth. Because for the first time in a long time, she was esteemed by the one who is holding her. See, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what your struggles are. But I have a, a challenge for you. If you've never believed in God and you struggle with all these things, why not give him a shot? If you do believe in God and you're still struggling with these things, why are you not turning it over to him? Why are you continuing to listen to people? Why are you surrounding yourself with people, including your own voice that looks at yourself in the mirror and says, you'll never be worthy of anything because I know what you've done or I know what's been done to you and you're a broken set of goods. You'll never be more than what you've become. Yet there's a God who says, you're worthy. You're worthy. I want to challenge you today to begin to have that conversation with yourself. Begin to look at the relationships around you. If your value is relative to the people that you hang out with, maybe because they're broken just like you, and you realize that, you know what, as long as I stay here, my value will be limited because they need me to be just like them. I'll never have a worth because of my limited relative value then you need to begin to separate yourself from those people. You need to stop let people take away from you. If whatever mindset you have that you've become, that you're limited to because somebody told you that's who you were, whether it be the media, whether it be somebody who did something to you that's puts you in this place, it's not your worth. That's what you've been assigned. That's your relative value. I want to encourage you today. You have worth. It's bigger than what's been done to you. It's bigger than the mistakes you've made. And it is your chance to moving into a place of purpose and doing what you were created to do. Thank you for sharing this time with me today. I hope I've helped somebody. I hope I've opened somebody's eyes. I hope it, somebody has said, you know what? Maybe I'll give it a shot. That's all I'm asking. I want to do everything I can to introduce you to the one that's helped me. That's all I can do. I can't change you. I can't save you. Thank you for joining me for another episode of In the Red. I'll see you again soon. God bless. Have an amazing week.